Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey there. Do you accept every task assigned? Do you believe every task assigned is a contract to deliver? Do you know your current job description? Does it map back to what you do? Which way is west in space? That's always a good question. Welcome, everyone, to uh, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hi, Eva. Hello, Charles. How are you? I am good. Um, today's show, of course, is Question Everything, and I uh, just wanted to give everyone a little taste. Yeah. Can you um, go through those questions once again? Uh, sure. Do you accept every task assigned? Sometimes. Do you believe every task assigned is a contract to deliver? Maybe. Do you know your current job description? Yes. Does it map back to exactly what you do? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Which way is west in space? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, question everything is the key to success. We are convinced. Um, but first, let's share some upcoming announcements, my dear. Well, the biggest thing is that this week we're going to be in New York City for the National Publicity Summit. Once again, Steve Harrison's National Publicity Summit, we're going to be meeting more people, publishers, no, yep. publishers, authors, and to have them on the show. So that's always a great time. Yep. These are the um, the game changers, the change agents, the entrepreneurs of the current time. It's always a lot of fun because it's speed dating for us. We get to interview all these people in two minute little shifts. Plus in New York City, we can go and have a $90 burger. That's always a fun time. Uh-huh. And then also, um, if you're in the Cincinnati area, Stand Up and Be Heard is my workshop. My four week workshop is starting on Monday. So that's always fun. We've got a lot of people coming this time, but there's still time to sign up if you want to do that. And then in June, I'm going to be launching my online version of Stand Up and Be Heard. So that's going to be coming up very soon. Yeah, that's big. That's a big moment. That's and that a big is moment. also related and connected to everything we think, do, and say here on the show. Um, today's theme, no exception, because in order to question everything, to become successful, you need to have the skills to stand up and be heard. Well, one of the problems with question everything is if you have stage fright or performance anxiety, it can be tough to um, question anything. Yep. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep everyone posted on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we come back from New York, we'll have a full report. We'll have a full report. Be very fun. Um, also, I'd like to welcome any viewers from The Factor, Bill O'Reilly's former show, that might be looking for a new home. Um, Why do I get the feeling that they're not going to find their home here? Well, our show <laughs> does have something in common in ah. that we're a no-spin zone, too. Oh, there you go. Um, and we believe there's greatness in everyone. Therefore, we also believe everyone, not just some profile demographic, has something of value to bring to the table. So the no-spin zone 
mission of this show is to leave no stone unturned while inspiring others to bring their unique value to the table. Got you. Okay? Yes. Very important. Uh, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, today's theme, question everything. Um, I wanted to start off this first segment with uh, the Enron story. Okay, just to go back a little bit. I um, actually, that's one of my favorite stories. Uh, Enron's logo was Why Ask Why? Mm-hmm. Meaning, why ask why something can't be done because they believe everything is possible? Okay, so the employees of that company needed to pay attention there and ask why, <laughs> right? Why it does nobody know what Enron does, right? So, um, you know, that's a good lesson to be learned. Right. And why don't we, what I wanted to do also was kind of take a step back and talk about Enron because Enron was a big deal. But I think, you know, as the years go on, you know, people start to forget what exactly happened at Enron. Right. Because that was in, started, I think, in, what? (laughs) Started in um, 2001 and they were an energy company based in Houston, Texas. And they used Arthur Anderson, and for the younger people listening, they might not even know who Arthur Anderson is, but at the time, they were a huge accounting firm, and they were the ones that were auditing their books, right? And it became one of the largest bankruptcy reorganization in American history at that time because of what they did, right? So. I'll just read this really quick. Enron was formed in 85 by Kenneth Lay after they merged with Houston Natural Gas and Internorth. And then several years later, Jeffrey Skilling was hired. And for those of you from Chicago, you might know Jeffrey Skilling's brother, Tom Skilling, who actually does the weather there. And, um, and they developed a staff of executives and by the use of accounting loopholes, special purpose entities and poor financial reporting were able to hide billions, billions with a B. We use that word a lot here of dollars in debt from failed deals and projects. Hmm. And chief financial officer Andrew Fasto and other executives not only misled Enron's board of directors and audit committee on high risk accounting practices, but also pressured Anderson to ignore the issues. Now, let's think about that for a moment. They pressured Arthur Anderson, the largest accounting firm at the time. They pressured them to ignore the issues. Now, Anderson, on average used to get at least a few million for doing an audit. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason, why does an auditor come into an organization, Charles? To ignore the uh, auditing rules. Right. That's (laughs) what it would seem like, right? Because really what they're supposed to do is they're not just supposed to say, okay, and sign off on the financials. They're supposed to say, hang on a second, These books are cooked and we cannot sign off on them. Right. But because they were so entrenched and they got so much money, they ignored the issues. And after Enron, Anderson went under. And to this day, I think 
all those older guys from Anderson would tell you that they were framed, which is just baloney. Right. Um, that's the leader say leader do mentality. Um, and it's on us. Well, I would say it's worse than leader see leader do. It's worse than leader see leader do because when you have an accounting firm that signs off on a set of books, you're then assuming that those books are accurate and not fraudulent. Right. So that's why Anderson went under. It wasn't leader see leader do. It was fraud. Right. And so they actually went to court with that. So Enron shareholders filed a $40 billion, $40 billion with a B again, lawsuit after the company's stock price, which achieved a high of $90 per share in mid-2000, plummeted to less than a dollar by the end of November 2001. The SEC came in, began an investigation, and Dynagy, which was another energy competitor, came in to make the, they went to purchase the company. And then they filed, Enron filed for bankruptcy under Chapter 11. And their $63 billion in assets made it the largest corporate bankruptcy in U.S. history until WorldCom the next year. Well, okay, so um, we don't want to make light of it. It was terrible. It was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we need to stand up as employees, wherever we are at any level and learn to question things, not to be confrontational, but to question things. Now, there was someone in the organization that did question right now there is. And I know what people are thinking. Well, yeah, if you start to question when you're in the middle of all this hoopla, you know, they're going to get rid of you. So we're going to be addressing that today as well, because it's not just like, Hey, and start questioning without any kind of a plan. Right. Um, so in the corporate world, when I say question everything, you know, we look, we all want the same thing, right? Like we said in our little write up for the show, mm-hmm. we want to gain recognition. We want an opportunity to deliver. We want to avoid punishment. Um, and how do we get there? Well, we have to be a go to person of value. We have to be relevant in the workplace. Well, how do we get there? We have to start asking questions and we have to start conversing um, and bringing out the conversation, letting people know that you are focused enough to question what's being asked, not necessarily confrontationally, like I say, but Mm -hmm. why exactly is this being done? You know, I go back to um, a contract I had uh, a few years back and we're sitting at a table and everybody's quiet. You can hear a pin drop and the meeting started and it was my first day there. And the, uh, the head person was saying, now everybody understands that there's a hard date here. This project must be completed by September. So whatever it takes to get that done, mm-hmm. we need to do. So, I asked the question and I said, excuse me, is it September 1st or September 30th? And everybody was in shock, like, what? So he said, well, what's your point? 
I said, well, no. <laughs> My point is, is it the September 1st or September 30th? Because that would give me 30 more days. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. Or 30 less days. Or 30 less days. Um, so that was, and he didn't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. So then I had a follow-up question. I said, well, so what is the reason then for September? I mean, what is happening? Is it a product launch? Is is the spaceship leaving? I mean, what is the reason? And really couldn't answer that. Right. And um, everybody was very much dumbfounded because they're working round the clock for this deadline that maybe wasn't even necessary. Well, and then we found that a lot. We found that a lot. So it is important to question like you did. I mean, what you asked wasn't a belligerent question. It was just a very, it was a very smart question, right? Because it was 30 days of, you know, 60 hour weeks. Yeah. So there's no, um, you know, there's no fear. There's no covert um, reason that if you stick your head up, you're going to get a bullet in it. Uh, when you question collaboratively, people want to hear it, right? Right. And questioning also, it starts, it can start at work, it can start at home, but it is something that, you know, you don't want to be obnoxious of <laughs> that every time anybody asks you anything, you say, why? You know, well, what's for dinner? Well, why do you ask? You don't want to be that, right? But there is something to be said for, whatever information that you have coming in to start questioning it, because now we're seeing what everyone's calling fake news, right? Well, we think that our source is the right source. That's not the fake one, but it's important to question all of that because that's not really true. That's not really true. Always. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So we're starting with work, but also understand that it also goes into work, home, community, etc. I mean, you really want to start questioning right down to your, and now I'll get all coachy, right down to your internal thoughts. Like, question yourself. Question yourself, right. It, you know, is is what I'm thinking about myself and my capabilities really accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it goes along with the responsibility of being a person, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and so when you start questioning in that way, it's not about, being belligerent, it's about looking at things a little bit differently and starting to say, well, hang on a second, we can do this differently. That's where the visionaries came into play. That's where anyone that you've ever thought of is is a change agent or a visionary or someone that's an innovator. The reason that they are that is because in the beginning, people thought they were quest- crazy because they were questioning everything. Yeah. They were saying, no, this, there's a better way to do this. Well, and there's other benefits too. It slows down the game and it, it, um, the questions become answered. So everybody gets smarter. Right. right? You kind of got to maintain that, that balance of willingness to be influenced, but not just going to blindly say yes to everything. Right. Right. Um, excellent. Okay. So great first segment. Um, There's a lot more to come on this, so please stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva will be right back. 